Oh, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. You know, I was thinking about uh, these past couple days, uh, there is nothing worse than the sinking of the Titanic. Um, I, I don't know, like, when I watch that, there is, like, a lot of people... Uh, think it's a great movie. I just think it's a really sad movie. Um, and a matter of fact, I have actually dived into research, and once uh everything is back to normal, uh, I will be taking a couple days to figure out to tell you a little bit more information about the Titanic that people don't really know, and I feel like it's kind of a lost uh information out there. But with this in mind. Let's dive in with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Lord, you know, we are in the time of uh, season. We are in the time of rejoicing, Lord. Rejoicing in your birth, but also knowing that you were born to fulfill a plan that God has uh, bestowed on us. You were born knowing that you are going to eventually hang on the cross and and die for our sins. And also, you are born to realize that our wickedness and our depravity of man would eventually put you on the cross, Lord. And I just pray that you are a merciful Father unto us um, and that you cherish us and we continue to be on your we continue to envy your heart and we continue to be on the path that you have set before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You know, when you think about it, how sad is it? You know, how, you know, Jesus Christ was born and and we look at his life and all throughout his life, his short life on earth, to know that it's the plan that he had was to pretty much die on the cross. So he was pretty much born to die. Um, it's really, really sad to think about. And that's why I think it's important that we take a little bit a little bit more of reverence during this uh, Christmas time and during this time of a season to realize and to really ponder and meditate of what Jesus really did for us. When we didn't actually have to do, when he didn't have to do anything, you know, as for instance, um, if he, you know, he could have uh, called 10,000 angels, he could have been born in a magnificent royal family, he could have uh, called hundreds and thousands of angels to obliterate this earth, right? No. Because he's a loving God and he's a loving man. And he took the consequences of our sins. And I think that's just something to really think about. To me, that just, I have to meditate on that and I have to just think about that. And it's very sad to think that my sins put Jesus on the cross. But I also know that God has a plan for me and for you guys. That brings us to Romans chapter 3. And uh, I love Romans chapter 3. 
So <clears throat> what advantage then has the Jew over, the, um, over what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly because them were committed the oracles of God. For what is for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not indeed. Let God be true uh, to every man. Let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. But if you are unrighteous, demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then, how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good man or that good may come? As we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm, that we say, their condemnation is just. Then, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For if we have previously charged both Jews and the Greeks that they are all under sin, it is written, <clears throat> as it is written, verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have altogether become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. The destruction and misery are in their ways. And the, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, who does that, what does that remind us of? That reminds of us today, the generation that we're going through, the people we're going through. Uh, the where we do not fear God anymore, you know, where we have a, where we think it's okay to, uh, commit absolutely murder and not be fearful of what God thinks about it. And, uh, for instance, uh, like abortion, you know, thinking that that's okay, in God's eyes, but it's not, and we are very unaware of what God thinks of us. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a proposition, as a appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Verse 27. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he uh, the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Amen and amen. So the big million dollar question. Why did Jesus come along to dwell among us? I mean, why did he do that? You know, realistically, I know like the answer is God has a plan, but we really have to look at it. Why did he come and dwell among the wickedness and the depravity of our sins? You know, he didn't need to make and make any effort whatsoever. He could have left us to our sins and he would have been just, just to condemn us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, our Creator. If He only came to teach us some mortal things, mortal truths and mortal um, uh, compasses, He didn't need to go to the cross by any means. The law had already revealed the character of God in all His awesome holiness and righteousness and the goodness. So why did he come? He came to fulfill the law by living in perfect obedience to his father and complete love for everyone else he met. He came to walk in faith where Israel had failed. He came to teach us the meaning of his life and his death. He was born to die so he, so we who believe would live forever. With the birth of Jesus on that holy night came the dawn of redeeming grace. Don't skip the, over the word redeeming. What does it mean to be redeemed? 
It means we've been purchased for a price. We carried a debt to sin because we all rebelled against God's law. And Jesus set us free. So therefore, he redeemed, redeemed us. But how? In the only way he could, so that God could be just and the justifier at that same time. Jesus offered himself as a, as a substitutionary uh, sacrifice for our sins. He died the death we deserved so that God, the just, would be satisfied. So the overall question is, what do we do? What, what's left for Saslan or what's left for the listeners that are maybe questioning? To receive the greatest gift of all, which is justification. Jesus takes on our sin and we get his righteousness. And how do we claim the, this gift? By, by faith, just by believing. You won't find a better deal, but it's only available to the humble, to the desperate, to everyone who realizes they have no other options. The gift doesn't belong to anyone who thinks they deserve it. The justified realize God would have been uh, just to punish them. They know their best efforts to keep the law would have uh, fallen far short. It's as if the biggest Christmas gift belonged to the children who knew they deserved coal in their stocking. Jesus is an anti-Santa. He knows we belong on the naughty list. And that's why he came to save us. That's why he set aside the glories of heaven for the womb of his mother, Mary. He was born to die. Even better, after he was delivered up for our trespasses, he was raised to life for our justification. The overall big picture is make sure you claim that gift this Christmas. Come in faith and leave justified. Amen. And amen And that God truly does love you. And um, the individual, the songwriter that wrote The Silent Night, I like this, this, um, the part of the song, this, the, uh, this, I can't I can't speak for some weird reason. But this section of the song, it says, Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace. Amen. And amen. Man, that's that's a lot to ponder on. Uh, what I've what's been said. That's why we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence, and that we thank you, and we are so blessed that we can be justified. And I just pray that you can just 
watch over our hearts, watch over our lives. As we go out this Christmas season, as we impact lives, and we show, we tell people that of the wonderful things that you've done in our lives and how starting a relationship with you forever changed us and we are still changed. How starting a relationship with you truly was the best choice for our lives and you know we were at the worst point of our lives and we are saved and we are redeemed because we found you O lord so may you guide us and protect us lord as we go out into this day so that when we cross that finish line lord we can run into your arms we can hear you say to us well done my good and faithful servant and in jesus name we pray amen and amen Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.